Let us pray. O Lord, open our eyes that we may see you. Open our ears that we may hear you. Open our hearts that we may feel you. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. Amen. As many of you know, Pastor Chris and I came back from pilgrimage to the Holy Land just a couple weeks ago. It truly was a trip of a lifetime. On the third day of our pilgrimage, I found myself standing by the Sea of Tiberias where the resurrected Jesus cooked breakfast for his disciples and reinstated Peter by asking him, do you love me three times? This was the setting of John 21, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I was finally here, a place that wasn't on the itinerary, but our awesome tour guide brought us to anyway and told us we had exactly five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. I started to quickly imagine Jesus cooking fish on hot coals. Looking out at the sea, I saw with my mind's eye the disciples casting their net on the other side of the boat. I saw Jesus and Peter having a conversation that would change Peter's life forever. And by the way, I'm not supposed to talk too much about this because Pastor Nate will be doing a sermon series on chapter 20, John 21 for the three Sundays in May, and I'm not supposed to steal his thunder. <laughs> I was so deeply moved by seeing this resurrected Jesus that I started to weep. And I started to talk to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I know I only have five minutes here, more like two minutes now. And I know you don't work like this, but I always imagined that you'd speak to me in this place where I had longed to be for so long. But just one or two words will do. That's all I ask, please. What I was really asking him was this. Jesus, I feel so connected to you right now. You seem so real to me right now. I see you. Do you see me? Can you let me know that you see me too? In today's passage, we read about the famous Doubting Thomas. I always thought it was unfair that he's known as the Doubting Thomas as if he had less faith than the other disciples when in fact, he only asked to see what the other disciples already saw. I also thought that while all the other disciples were huddled up together in fear behind locked doors, Thomas was the only one who was brave enough to venture out into the streets trying to figure out what exactly happened to Jesus. And that's why he wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the disciples. So instead of doubting Thomas, I would like to think of him as Thomas the twin, which his name means in Hebrew anyway. I believe there are two sides of Thomas when it comes to his relationship with the resurrected Lord. In order for Thomas to go out and live the resurrected life, two things needed to happen. First, he needed to see Jesus, and secondly, he needed to know that he was seen by Jesus. Disciples are together behind locked doors, trembling in fear that they'll be taken away and dying the same way their teacher had died. To this group of fearful men, 
Jesus appears and says, "Peace be with you," and breathes on them. By seeing Jesus, disciples have peace and the breath of God. What gives you peace? What brings you life? One of the places we visited where we collectively felt God's peace was the garden tomb. This was one of the two places where people think Jesus might have been buried. We went there early before the crowds arrived. The place was a small garden with a tomb. We sat in the garden and sang, "When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well, with my soul." The peace we felt in that place was indescribable as we had a communion service. It was a peace that let us know that Jesus' real place of burial and resurrection was in our hearts rather than one physical place or another. Was the garden tomb the real place where Jesus was buried and resurrected? At the end of the day, that didn't really matter. We saw Jesus there and experienced his peace, and that's and that's what mattered. You see, it's not just about seeing Jesus. It's about seeing Jesus who gives us peace. It's about seeing Jesus who blows new life into us. It's about seeing Jesus who can slip through the locked doors of our fear and doubt to let us know that His love is greater than our fears, and His new life has overcome all our uncertainties of life. Have you seen this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus? Secondly, Thomas needed to know that he was seen by Jesus. What's funny in this text is how Jesus' words match what Thomas had asked for. Thomas said, "Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe." And when Jesus appears to him, he says. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. It's almost as if Jesus had been in the room, and Thomas said that to the disciples. Jesus knew that Thomas needed to be seen. So then, when Thomas felt seen, not only did he stop doubting. But he made a profound profession of faith that none of the other disciples were able to make. My Lord, and my God. We come to make a true confession of faith not only when we see Jesus, but when we know that we have been seen by Jesus. Throughout our faith journey, Jesus uh, constantly lets us know that we are seen by Him. When was the last time? You felt like you're seen by Jesus. So there I was, standing by the Sea of Tiberias. I had two minutes to go. Jesus, Jesus, I see you. Do you see me? Can you speak a word into my heart to let me know that you see me, please? It was the kind of prayer. Or more like begging. I would normally discourage people from praying because it sounds like I'm testing God. 
but it was a prayer I could not not pray as I looked out into the gentle waters where Jesus was with the disciples. There was only silence in my heart, and I knew it was time to go since I was the only one standing there. I couldn't possibly turn my back on Jesus that I was seeing, and so I started to slowly walk backwards, still looking out into the shimmering sea. And suddenly, I heard a clear voice in my heart. Let your soul rest in me. Let your soul rest in me. I knew this was Jesus' way of telling me, I see you. I see your restless soul. Let me give you peace. And my heart brimmed with gratitude at being seen by my God. Jesus sees you. Even when you doubt if you're seen by Jesus, Jesus sees you and he'll let you know. I hope you'll grab hold of those moments and treasure them in your hearts. Because when you see Jesus and you know you're seen by Jesus, you can go out and show Jesus to the world. After his encounter with Jesus, Thomas went all the way to India to make Jesus known. He became the very evidence he longed to see in Jesus. As people who have, been, who have seen and have been seen by Jesus, we're called to go out to show Jesus wherever we go. We become the evidence of resurrection that we long to see out into the world. A place where we ten pilgrims, there were ten of us in our group, in the Holy Land became the evidence of Jesus was at St. Anne's Church in Jerusalem, where they believed was the home of Jesus' mother, Mary. Built all in stone around 12th century, the acoustics in that rather small church is quite mind-blowing. Our guide, Sufian, told us that when we go in, we need to chant. He means sing, so we need to sing. Indeed, the group before us was singing in there, and they sounded like angels. It was absolutely stunning. Frankly, I dreaded going in there because none of us are singers. Our group could do a lot of things. We were a talented bunch but we couldn't sing to save our lives. <laughs> so I secretly started to worry. We're going to sound horrible in this beautiful church, and everybody will hear it. The overachieving perfectionist in me was a little freaked out. The time came for us to go in and sing. I was nervous as if we're going to audition for America's Got Talent or something. At first, we sang Amazing Grace. We forgot the lyrics to it halfway and we barely married it through. We were running out of time, but we wanted to sing Here I Am, Lord. I would sing for you, but like I said, <laughs> I am not very good at that. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. 
I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. As we were singing the refrain, something wonderful and beautiful happened. Before we knew it, everybody in the church joined in in their own language. There we were, singing, Here I am, Lord, in English, French, and German with our hands in the air. It was one of those beautiful and moving moments and sounds that I'll remember for a very long time. Here I am, Lord, spontaneously sung a cappella in multiple languages was the evidence of the resurrected Jesus I found on this holy land pilgrimage. You see, not only do we see Jesus, is seen by Jesus, but as resurrected people, we're in the business of showing people who Jesus is. That takes a lot of openness. Just as we sang, here I am, Lord, with open hands, showing Jesus to others, being the evidence of Jesus in the world requires a life of openness from us, open to others and open to the Spirit of God. Let me end with this last story, not about my pilgrimage, but about a woman in her early 40s who gets into a car accident as she's headed to Palm Springs, California for a relaxing weekend with friends. She writes, At the outskirts of Los Angeles, the cars in front of me came to a standstill. As I came to a stop behind the long line of cars, I glanced in my rearview window to discover that the car behind me was not stopping. In fact, it was hurling toward me with tremendous speed. I realized that I was going to be hit and hit hard. It was nose to rear with the car stopped in front of me. In that moment, I realized I might die. I looked down and my hands clenched on the steering wheel. I hadn't consciously tightened them. This was my natural state and this is how I lived life. I decided that I did not want to live that way, nor did I want to die that way. I closed my eyes, took a breath, and dropped my hands to my side. I let go. I surrendered to God. Then I was hit with tremendous force. The woman walked away from the accident unharmed, although her car was compacted like an accordion. The police told her that she was lucky she had relaxed for muscle tension increases the likelihood of severe injury. She continues to write, I walked away feeling that I'd been given a gift. The gift wasn't just that I had survived unhurt, it was greater than that. I saw how I had been living life and was given the opportunity to change. I had held life with a clenched fist, but now I realized that I could hold it in my open hand as if it were a feather resting on my palm. Friends, can we open our eyes so that we can see our resurrected Jesus? Can we open ourselves to be seen by our resurrected Jesus? Can we open our lives so that we can show others the resurrected Jesus? May you live with openness that embraces both the Jesus who can slip through the locked doors of fear and yet one who still carries the scars in his body for us to feel and touch. May you live with openness that can say, Here I am, Lord. 
Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Amen. <laughs>